the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 150 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend with us. We're on Twitter. I'm at Justin Hughes 365. Andrew is on at AMCQ82, and our podcast official Twitter account is at Baseball365Pod. The baseball season's over, and Andrew and I are starting off discussing some fantasy MVPs from this season, and after that, we're going to run through the remaining playoff series and make some predictions for the Division Series, Championship Series, and World Series, so the rest of the way through the playoffs. And Andrew is back from special assignment. Welcome back, Andrew. How was your time away? And, you know, I said last week you were gone to focus on making sure you've won your main event league. It's time to talk about it. Did you pull it off? Yep. Yeah, I pulled it off. It was a good time away, but ready to get back to the podcast. And, yeah, I won the uh, won the one that I cared about the most, I guess. So that was good. What was your final standings in the overall on that one? Uh, as far as place, like yeah. what place? Uh-huh. 65, I believe. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Would you do you think this like this win is your biggest fantasy baseball accomplishment? I don't remember if we talked about that before. Uh, it's up there. Yeah, it's it's probably probably right there. Yeah, I mean, these these main events are pretty much the cream of the crop, you know, but yeah, I mean, the dynasty wins and stuff pretty big too. So I would, I would put those pretty close. Yeah. So how did you finish in your other leagues, by the way? Let's just quick rundown. How, how did you finish overall in the dynasty? leagues? Um, Best redraft? Yeah, I won. So I won two leagues. I won my main event and I won an NFBC 50, which is a 12 team draft and hold. I didn't know um, you did any 12 team draft and holds. Yeah, the NFPC 50s. I did three of those. Won one of them. Um, I got second in one of my DCs, which is 15 team draft and hold, and RM2. I got second. And I got third in. Another one of my DCs and the final draft and hold that we did on fan tracks mm-hmm. with some of the other guys got third in that. And then I got fourth in RM3, which was I actually tied for third, but I lost on the tiebreaker. So mm-hmm. got fourth. But um, yeah, those were my caches. I would have liked to cash in more leagues, but. I at least cashed in the one that truly mattered or won the one that truly mattered and did fine in the other ones. So, and most of the, most of the leagues that I didn't cash in, I was in the upper half, pretty much all of them for the most part. So yeah, it was a good year. I mean, it could have been maybe a little bit better just in terms of like cash percentage, but it was a good year. I can't complain. When you win your main event league, I mean, that all, that pretty much pays for almost all of it. So yeah. that that right there makes it that that's awesome. I'm really happy for you because I know how much that one meant to you, and you put a yeah, lot that, of effort in. The last day, I I don't remember if I told you, but I was sweating pretty hard. I had a five and a half point lead going into the last day, and batting average was so close that I lost. I think it was I lost three points in batting average on the last day of the season. Hmm. And like my team started one for nine and I had dropped two points like immediately. It was, it was literally five minutes into the game starting. And I was just like, Oh my God, just get these games over with, you know? (laughs) And I mean, the more I looked at it after it kind of settled, I mean, it was so close. It was moving like every at bat, but even when I lost a few points, I was like, I think I'm okay. Cause I had just enough cushion, but there was a couple things that could have went sideways, but it it still felt like it was going to happen. But the first 10 to 15 minutes of the last day were just pure hell. I just was ready to have it over with. So 
I remember you, I think it was the second to last day or a couple of days before the end of the season, you sent me the the numbers of the batting average of like the your clump yeah. of guys. And it was just disgusting. It was like 259-6, 259-4, 259-3, stuff like that. I may have the numbers off, but that's what we yeah. were looking at. It was Yeah, it was it was totally wild. Gross. Really gross. Yeah. It, and you just start thinking, you know, like with something like that, anybody could have a bad few days. Anybody. anybody. It doesn't yeah, it just doesn't matter. So I was just kept coming up with the worst possible scenario and all that, but yeah, luckily, uh, luckily got it done. So, and on that last day, you know, uh, just a lot of wild things happen on the last day of the season in general, just because some people yeah. are just checked out and ready to get out. Some are trying to get in the playoffs. I mean, it's just, it's like week set what we used to say about week 17 of the fantasy football season, just weird things happen. Yeah, definitely. All right. So you've, you won and congrats how'd you do how'd you do in yours um redraft leagues terrible uh did three i'll i will i throw myself a caveat with that that i didn't decide to get back into fantasy baseball till the end of january so i was not prepared but i finished one mid-pack eighth out of 15th i went and looked i was 12th and 14th in the others it just it wasn't a good year for me in the redrafts in Rotomasters 2, I finished dead last, but that was by trying to. <laughs> so <laughs> I, it was actually the last day. What you were just saying about the main event team, I was looking at that in the same way of if everything went just right for my team, or I should say wrong for what I wanted, I, I there was a chance I still could have finished without that first overall pick, but I was trying to get there and I got there, so... I got the first pick in the draft in that one for next year for the sub draft, which you also acquired and you've got the first pick in the RM one league. So that's something fun. You and I both are going to have the first pick in a sub draft this next year. Yeah. And then in the three sixty five dynasty. Yes. I took it down. I, I won the leagues and pretty comfortably. So, I mean, the, I, a couple of guys did a, like, it was a good fight for second place in that one, but yeah, I I held a ten plus point lead for most of the last couple months. So, yeah, that nice. one wasn't without any too many real drama. Nice. Um, I think you got some big finishes for some friends of ours you were wanting to highlight. Why don't you do that while I try yeah. to clear my throat? Yeah, I just wanted to give some uh, some shout outs real quick. Um. Obviously, I'll, I'll start with Lucas, who was on the last podcast. You guys did a great job. Uh, won the auction overall, the online auction championship on NFBC. Won the overall, I believe it was 840 teams. So unbelievable accomplishment there. I was kind of following it and rooting for him the whole way. And then also won Rotomasters 2 with his buddy Lou Landers. So good job there. Um, another few more people I'll just kind of go down through pretty quick. But Dylan White, who's one of my good buddies that's in RM1 and RM3, he co-owned the main event overall championship team with Brian Slack. Um, and, yeah, they took down the overall 795 teams. So, yeah, great job. Huge accomplishment. I mean, that's like <laughs> they comped it on the BA podcast to the World Series of Poker. It's essentially that um, that version for fantasy baseball. So huge accomplishment there. That is also. A comp. Yeah, right. It's just I mean, when you win the overall of that, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the top of the world, you know, mm-hmm. um, also won Rotomasters one co-owning with Tim McLeod. So congrats there. That's their first championship in that league. And he got second in Rotomasters 3. So great year for Dylan. Uh, Josh Coleman, RM3 champ. Great year. Ronald Acuna, stud. Pretty much carried him. That's awesome. Um, I'm in my dynasty. I'm in I'm in with Josh, the one I won. And, yeah, good guy. Real. That's awesome. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, I mean, gosh, Acuna. It's like, what can you do, you know, Acuna? I mean, I like – I, I read somewhere that he went, I think it was eight guys went 2030 this year. 
and Acuna did it in the first <laughs> half and in the second half. Yeah. Did you see that? I saw that. I, I think yeah. I saw Eric Cross tweet that, and I thought yeah, that was just yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, my. That just, like, puts it in perspective. He's essentially two superstars. But uh, Dennis Timko, Kings Court champion. So, shout out there. Terry Shaler. Yeah, Terry Shaler, home run derby league champion. One by one home run. Wow. 218 to 217. (laughs) And third place had 216. So, that was just crazy. Yeah, that was just crazy. Uh Ben Thompson won the 20 teamer, the Tim and Rich run for P361 and the final 365 draft and hold that we did on Fantrax. So shout out there. That's two leagues with a lot of good players. And Ricky Yee, back to back champion of the Rotomasters draft and hold. Not a boy, so, Ricky. Yeah. Shout out to all those people. I missed, I mean, I could go through a bunch of NFBC guys that had huge years, but we'd probably be here all night. So, but yeah, just wanted to say a few things there about those people. And uh, yeah, great year. I'm sure I know Ricky. I I know he's like a trade nut in dynasty leagues and I can't like, as soon as you're mentioning that he's winning a draft and hold on thinking how many trades was he able to pull off in that? <laughs> because I'm sure he tried to find a way. <laughs> so good stuff. And let's get into talking about some MVPs, guys who um, were big, instrumental for winning a lot of leagues for a lot of players. And we each pretty um, came up with one out of everybody in the infield. We've got three outfielders. I think I said three starters and one closer. And Andrew, I don't know who you picked. You don't know who I picked. So we could have some overlap, and that's okay because we got a lot of names to talk about here. And I don't think it's too big of a deal, but. This is kind of free reign. It, like, it, it could be a player that you add on one of your teams. It could be that won a big league for you. It could be somebody who you just thought had a great price or maybe just the guy who finished as the top player. Anything applies here. So, How did you, uh, how did you do yours typically, or did you just kind of mix it up? I went and looked at the leaders. and I, I mean, it's mostly the like looking at the leaders at the position and just kind of scanning and seeing like, Oh, that guy went pretty late and picking that guy. That's mostly what I did, but it's not, it's not, not everyone's like that, but a lot of them are. And some of them like, yeah, I, I, one of them was definitely not that way, but I've got quite a few that way. What about you? Uh, I did kind of a mix. Just guys, not, I didn't do it anything to do with my teams. I just did general MVPs, um, guys that paid off huge for where you drafted them, but not necessarily all guys that went late. I do have some, but um, some that are just clear as day MVPs mm-hmm. that were near the top of the board, too. So, all right. Well, who'd you pick for catcher? Let's get started with that. The most exciting well, I'm, position. I'm really. I'm really curious how many of these we, we overlap, but uh-huh. maybe it'll be none. I don't know. It might be some, though. Uh, for catcher, I went with William Contreras, uh, ADP of 111. I believe it was the ninth catcher drafted. He finished as the number two catcher. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference as we go through this kind of where guys finished. I used Fantrax rankings, which same close enough. Close enough. Um, I mean, it may not be exact on every site, but it's close enough. So finishes number two catcher, 289 average, 17 homers, 78 RBI, 86 runs, six steals. Uh, was second among all catchers in plate appearances and got 33 games at DH. So, yeah, huge year. I did have, I believe it was one share. And, yeah, he's definitely going to go even higher Yes, this, this coming offseason. He definitely is. I did not pick the same guy, but yeah, Contreras was definitely on my list of guys I was looking at. I went with Jonah Heim, guy who I did have a share of in one draft and hold an ADP of 234, uh, 258 with 18 home runs, 61 runs, and 95 RBI in 131 games. That Texas loaded lineup, those 95 RBI really drove up the value for him. And, um, you know... I did have a question for you on this guy because I was like thinking about that value uptick with the RBI, which requires a good lineup around you. 
And like, I was thinking to myself, would I have any concern buying high and part of it possibly being off the team around him continuing to, you know, be a really strong lineup. If they don't bring anybody in, he should be pretty securely in that position. Like, what are your thoughts on that thought process? Yeah, I I mean, he's going to obviously go higher. I don't I don't really know how much he'll get pushed up in terms of just I definitely think there's catchers that are going to go ahead of him, so he still sure. could be one could be one of those guys that is at a decent price even though he did have a good year. I feel like, but I don't know, kind of TBD on that, but you know, yeah, guys, I could see I could see targeting him depending on you know where it's at and stuff. I think sometimes when a guy has a really good year but they miss a month with an injury and it suppresses what they actually did during the season when you see their overall stats, I think that can really help a guy like maybe slide a little further. Like if he had not had that, I think it was a hand or a wrist injury and he played 140, 150 games and all of a sudden that 95 RBI might be 105 and 22 home runs and I I just think some I think that matters I think that really does affect ADP at least a little bit yeah I'll be curious to see where where he goes all right who'd you have for first base first base I went with it's just so obvious I I had just had to take Matt Olson yeah uh ADP of 41 finished as the number two first baseman I mean, this is just ridiculous. 283 for one. For that guy to hit 283 is bonkers. But even more bonkers, 54 homers, 139 RBI, 127 runs scored, and one stolen base. Um, Yeah, safe to say he's going higher. And he went at the wheel in my draft that I'm in currently for 2024. I looked at that draft that you're doing, which we'll, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. But I did, I w- as soon as you said Olsen, I was like, yeah, he went, I just know, I, know, I remember he went 15th. Like that one, yeah. I was looking today, stuck out to me. Yeah. And there was another draft I saw that I think it actually just finished like yesterday um, where he went, I want to say 12 or 13. So, yeah. Pushing into the first round, what a fantastic year! And yeah, ridiculous. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. I went with somebody different, but I mean, really, Olson is the MVP of that of this position. But I, I picked Spencer Torkelson, a guy who I've talked about before with the ADP of two ninety nine, two thirty three, three thirteen, four forty six triple slash with thirty one homers, eighty eight runs, and ninety four RBI. Amongst qualified first basemen, he finished eighth the position. That's again on fan tracks. And he was drafted as the 38th first baseman off the board. Which, speaking of which, I was I I said I was looking at fan tracks. Originally, I tried going to fan uh, fan graphs to look at like the dollars earned on that calculator, but unfortunately, they like it had they would only play it as like your main whatever you did at your main position, like number one position. So oh, like, gotcha. Oh, I can't really. I don't think that's a good data. For yeah, because that, that messes with it. So. I've talked about him at least once since relaunching, so I'm not since our podcast relaunched. So I'm not going to ask much about him. So uh, just move on to the next guy. Who'd you have at second base? At second base, I have a guy that's actually eligible at other positions too, but this is the position he played the most, the most, and that is Hassan Kim. Mm. Um. Uh, ADP of 255, finished as the 31st best hitter, 260, 17 homers, 60 RBI, 84 runs, and 38 steals. Uh, what a year. I just, I still can't believe that he put together that season. And I, I know I've mentioned it before, but I can't believe that he let off for that team, like what the Padres were entering the season with all the talent that they have for him to lead off for that team for a lot of the year is just blows my mind. Like I still can't believe that it happened. Um, yeah. I mean, and he's triple eligible. I mentioned the other day he got his, I don't know if you saw this, but he got his 20th game at short to give him shortstop eligibility. 
on the last day of the season. Oh man, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was second base, third base. I was kind of following it, and now that I'm in a draft and the the draft room is still the draft room from March, you literally just have to kind of pick through it, but um I looked and I was like, "Oh, I wonder if Kim wound up getting that." And he got he switched to shortstop in the 5th inning on oh, Sunday. Man. To give him this 20th game. They were looking out for fantasy owners, huh? <laughs> funny enough. But, yeah, well, huge year. Funny enough, I put him as my shortstop. I forgot that, you know, when I was making these, I forgot that he actually spent most of the year at second because I was thinking of last year because when Tatis moved and everything, he played short a lot last year, if I recall. So I put him as my shortstop. I should have put him at second. And I can actually, it's funny, I can flip my infielders around and make that have him be second base but since that was my shortstop right there gotcha okay so um my second baseman i don't have much to add just you know on chem there so i'll go into mine uh nolan gorman was my pick adp of 451 236 328 478 triple slash with 27 home runs and seven steals in 119 games basically cost nothing like a 30th round pick there and while he didn't finish strong, I've talked about it before. I like how he made adjustments. If his second, you know, I think I could see myself in on him again this next year because the second half struggles, I think those could, you know, scare some people off that it was a hot first half. And I don't know. I believe in him and his ability to make adjustments. So, yeah, Nolan Gorman was my pick. Yeah, a lot of power there. Lots of power. Okay. Third base, who do you got? So third base, it was actually the hardest one for me to do. And I I thought back to – so last offseason, I was targeting third base early. And a lot of the reason I was targeting third base early was because there was a group of third basemen at the top of the draft. And it was just really, really hard to envision – the later third baseman breaking into that group. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. I looked at, I looked at, you know, the top finishers or whatever, and it's all the household names. Um, the guys you would expect, the guys that you drafted high for the most part. Um, so I went a totally different route and took a guy that was picked 698. His ADP was 698. He wasn't even drafted in all of the draft and holds on NFBC. And the highest he was drafted was round 25, and that would be Jake Berger. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, third Finished third at the position with 34 homers. And I just kind of wanted to highlight him. 250, 34 homers, 80 RBI, 71 runs, one steal. I just kind of wanted to highlight him because he was completely free. Nobody paid anything for him. And he had an awesome season, like for, like I said, for what you paid. And so many of the other top guys were household names. He wasn't necessarily a top guy because, you know, obviously you're not getting speed and not crazy batting average, but he didn't kill you and gave you great power. So um, I, I used him, even though obviously I could have used Devers, Riley, you know, any of the guys at the top, but um yeah, I just felt like he really delivered on what was basically a zero ADP because there were so many leagues he wasn't drafted. Yeah, he had a fantastic year for him. Could you see yourself being in on him next year, given you know the one thing with him is he his OBP and his walks rough. But on the same note, I mean, like you just said, third. I don't think third of the I don't think he's power. gonna. I don't think he's gonna cost that much. Yeah. I really don't. I I could see it. I mean, I I'm not like the biggest fan of him in general, but. Power is power, and he's going to be going in a range where like he's somewhere. probably maybe somewhere in there. I don't know exactly. Maybe, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure where he'll go, but um, if it's in that range, possibly, yeah. Well, we'll see. But yeah, he's just he's got a lot of power. Lots of power. Uh, I went with another guy that was going pretty late. Um, another guy we've talked about quite a bit since relaunching, and that would be Ellie De La Cruz, NFBC ADP um, of 550. I thought I'd pick someone else who, until I saw that ADP, I 
thought I remember, I remember him going in like the mid twenties, early thirties in a lot of drafts that I was a part of, but that was again, not till February, maybe even into March. Um, but apparently that price was cheaper overall. If you drafted him in at like the 36th round at his ADP or even later, you landed a player who hit 13 home runs and stole 35 bags in like two thirds of a season. And you made out like a bandit. So Ellie De La Cruz, I put on here. Yeah, I actually looked at him and I thought about it, but I figured we'd I'd mention or between the two of us, we'd mentioned him enough. So I went went another route. You know, a guy I did not put in this infield I wanted to bring up is a guy who I looked at and decided not to. But I mean, he definitely deserves some praise as Spencer Steer. You know, having the first base, second base, third base eligibility, I really thought about him. I didn't put him on, but I at least wanted to bring his name up because he had a fantastic yeah. year too. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I've I've said my shortstop was Haseon Kim. So who was yours? My shortstop is I went with C.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. uh, ADP of two forty, finished as the number seven shortstop, most stolen bases in Major League Baseball in the second half, two forty five, eighteen homers, sixty four RBI, eighty three runs, forty seven steals. Um, obviously, a lot of pedigree. I'm just really curious to see where the home run total totals go from him like next year year after um obviously the steals can be bonkers he's gonna go high um i mean to me it really just comes down to is he gonna hit nine or ten homers or is he gonna hit 18 like he did if he hits like he did this year if he hits 18 home runs i mean he's gonna be crazy valuable but i don't know we'll see i i could see it being one of those things where He's driven up so I mean he's he's going high now, you know, like yep. there's no secret there's no secrets anymore. And I could see it being a thing where he gives you like eleven or twelve homers, you know, and that that hurts you. I mean, it it does. He's got to have a lot of steals, which he will, but to you're cover up a power hit. Yeah, you're taking a power hit, especially with a draft pick in the range that he's gonna go. And I've I've focused so much on power in the last year to year and a half. Like any guy especially going that high, but any guy that um, is going to go that high that I have doubts about their power, I'm kind of like, I just get a little more iffy on it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it was obviously a steal this year, which is all that matters for this. I mean, going 240, that was massive. Yeah, I'm with you on kind of your take on him there. I looked at Kim when I I picked Kim, but I looked at him, Abrams, and Stott, Bryson Stott. I decided yeah. I looked at all three and I was like, who had the latest ADP? And that's how I made the decision of Kim, but they were all pretty close. So, yeah. Yeah. All three of those were great. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back. We're going to talk about some outfielders. All right, we are back, and we're talking fantasy MVPs. And, Andrew, it's time to talk about some outfielders. Who was your outfielder number one you picked? So my first one, I went with Corbin Carroll, ADP of 62, finished as top five outfielder, likely NL Rookie of the Year, 285, 25 homers, 76 RBI, 116 runs scored, and 54 stolen bases. Monster season. Top five pick, I think, or top five pick next year. I think at this exact moment, I would take him three. But yeah, anywhere from two to five. I mean, crazy year. And uh, yeah, he's a stud. He is a stud. Also a top three to five dynasty asset. He's he's just incredible. So yeah, yeah. very, very worthy. Um, I'll pick my first one. I'll go with the and and he was on my main event team, so I had to give him. Yeah. I had to give him that shout out. I mean, yeah. for that right Helped there, me a lot. that's a big part of why you won right there. Yeah, so, yep. yeah, but very worthy. Um, my first guy I'm gonna pick is a guy who I really didn't pay much attention to and was surprised when I saw how he finished, 
And that would be TJ Friedel with an ADP of 396 in 138 games, 279, 352, 467 triple slash with 18 home runs and 27 steals. I knew he'd been good this year, but with zero shares, I had not paid close attention, and he had a fantastic season, so I just I picked him. Did you have him anywhere? Nope, I didn't, but yeah, he had a great year. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. I can't believe he hit 18 home runs. Like, that was... That's just pretty wild. I would have never predicted that. Nope. Nope. Fantastic year. So good for him. Um, right there, it's him and C.J. Abrams, both there with 18. Unexpected. All right, who's your first or second guy? So for my second guy, I went with Cody Bellinger, uh, ADP of 183. He finished as the number 11 outfielder, obviously first base eligible as well, 307. 26 homers, 97 RBI, 95 runs, 20 steals. I mean, it's five-category production, you know, and obviously former MVP. Really curious to see kind of how he follows that up. Obviously, mm-hmm. he struggled for a couple years, and um, ADP is going to go way up. So really curious. But, yeah, if you if you were in on him this year, you definitely got paid. Didn't he go in the second round in your draft you're in right now? Didn't I see that? Uh, no, round four. Oh, it was round four. End of, end of uh, he went 59 overall, end of round four. I don't hate that price. Like, first instinct, I'm like, yeah, he had a heck of a year. So, that, yeah. With the pedigree with him, too. Yeah, he had some struggles. So, there's obviously risk. But I think I'd be willing to take that chance right there. Um, my, my second guy, I took another one of the late flyers here that worked out pretty well. Um, Nolan Jones, 585 ADP, only 106 games and 424 plate appearances because the Rockies are the Rockies, but he hit 297, 389, 542 on his triple slash with, and he finished with 20 home runs and 20 steals. And if I recall, I didn't write this down, but didn't he get both of those on the final game of the year? One of each? He did. Yep. He did. Man went 20, 20th homer and his 20th steal on the last day of the season. And he did it in two thirds of a season. So like, I mean, over a full season, he, that means he's pacing for like, he would have paced for, you know, if he had held that pace, which obviously that's no guarantee, but that's 25 or to 30 of each if he had pulled that off. So yeah, heck of a year for him. And I'm looking forward to watching him play or play really well for Colorado's triple A team next year, just because that's what they do. Yeah. He went 77 in my draft that I'm doing right now, man. So really? I mean, he's, it's a great, great season. I mean, like it's actually a really good uh, pick. I don't know why I didn't. The, the three guys I picked went higher than he went, you know, he was kind of an afterthought in redress, but yeah, I mean, Heck of a year, for sure. Heck of a year. All right, who do you got three? So my third one, I went with Lane Thomas. Yeah. Um, eight, ADP of 306, finished as the number nine outfielder, 268, 20 home runs, or 28 home runs, 86 RBI, 101 runs scored, and 20 stolen bases. One of eight players in the league with 100 runs scored in 2020. I mean, I, I think I had him on a couple of teams, at least at least two or three. But um, and I, I actually want to say in one early in the season, maybe in one of the dynasties, it might have been RM one. I picked him up off of waivers, so obviously that was massive. Wow. Um, but yeah, just great season. I across the board production and. Um, yeah, curious to see how he follows it up. You know, when I finished up the 2021 season in RM2, when I won the championship, he was actually on my team at the end of that year, I'm pretty sure. So I've got a little spot, soft spot for him. Former Cardinal, Lane Thomas. Heck of a year. Yeah. Well, my number three um, we is this guy named Ronald Acuna. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> he went 1-1. But when you have those numbers that he had, you still get the MVP. Triple slash 336. 416, 596, 41 home runs, 73 steals, 149 runs. Uh, that that yeah. 
massive and 106 RBI, you're getting mentioned. And a question I asked myself as this finish was, when was the last fantasy baseball season for a hitter that was as good and value, valuable as Acuna's? Like, that was a question I was asking myself. Like, spitballing, what comes to mind when I ask you that question? What do you think of? Um, I'm not real good with thinking back of historical stuff, but is it the best season? I mean, of don't like you, in your time of playing don't fantasy you, baseball? Don't you kind of like have to go back to Barry Bonds? He was the first person I thought of and wrote down. Yeah. And yeah. This, this was like, I'm, I just gave you Acuna stats and I've got Bonds right here. Um, the triple slash of <laughs> it's comical. Well, keep in mind it's different league too. Different now. Era. It's just totally yeah. different area. 328, 515 on base, 863 slug. <laughs> with, <laughs> with 73 home runs, 13 steals, 129 runs, and 137 RBI. But like yeah. I was trying to think like which one's more valuable? And I think Acuna's got him. Like home runs are, yeah. I don't know. It, it's just, it's Acuna this season. Like I said, it, it's almost like take having two first rounders. I mean, like the season that he had. It's just, Insane. it's just unthinkable. I I tell you, I think the most aggravating thing for me this year was I had on 21 teams, I had him on zero. (laughs) And it was, and I, and you know, it's funny because you don't usually think too much about that, or at least I don't. It's not like I sit there and go, like if I don't have a guy on any teams, it's usually because I avoided them or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't avoid Ronald Acuna. I, I looked, there was one draft. I didn't pick one, one in any draft. That was actually was, about to be my question is, were you picking that as your first no. in KDS? So I did, but on some, but it didn't matter. I never got okay. first pick. So I never passed on him. I had the number two pick in one draft and he went one. So I never, I never like t- took somebody else um, instead, but. Yeah, it was just every time he would do something, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not benefiting anywhere from this. And then it just obviously as much as he did, you know, it's just crazy. But, yeah, what a season. I mean, just carrying people, you know. Yeah, I I don't like I have questions as I like to ask you for over-unders with him for next year and all that that I'm just going to say for this offseason. we got plenty of time. But I did like on my rabbit hole, I did look at a couple other major players in the 90s 2000s just trying to find some of these like insane fantasy seasons and you know i looked at everything a rod did acuna topped it better than everything pujols ever did i did look at like larry walker's 1997 just yeah i love that i love that season 366 with 49 home runs and 33 steals 143 runs 133 rbi and, you know, Ricky Henderson, he had a couple just ridiculous seasons. I picked 1990 where he went 329 with 28 home runs, uh, 65, I think that was 65 steals, 119 runs, and 161 RBI. So, but, like, I think Acuna might have had just had the best fantasy season of my lifetime, and definitely since I started playing. Yeah, I I don't remember there being an easier one, one nope. ever like going into next season. If you have the first pick and you don't take that guy, you're playing a different game than me. Yep. I, I just don't, it does doesn't make any sense to me at all. Nope. I, I, I actually think that there's a, there's guys that you could take it to. There's quite a few, I think. Yes. Um, but at one, it's just mindless. Yep. You just do it and you, and you move on and your, your first decision is at the two, three turn. Yep. It's automatic. Let's move to pitchers here. Who's your number one pitcher. Yeah. Here? We went, we went for a while there. <laughs> yep. Acuna. I, I, I did some rabbit holes with Acuna. 
Yeah, it's no, it's all good. He's he's worth doing it on. Uh, my first pitcher, I went with his teammate, Spencer Strider. Uh, ADP of 31, finished as the number one pitcher. 386 ERA, 109 whip, 281 Ks, and the only 20-game winner in baseball this season. Uh, 44 strikeout lead over number two, which was Kevin Gosman. And that's bigger than the gap that Kevin Gosman had, or between Kevin Gosman and the number 19 guy in strikeouts, Logan Logan Webb with 194. So, I mean, Strider's ridiculous. Like, the edge that you get in Ks is why there there will be the leagues this offseason that he goes one. Um, It's just a massive, massive edge in Ks. So, yeah, I went with him um, because even where he went, like I took Corbin Burns over him in my main, and I knew early it was a mistake. And obviously Corbin Burns had a really good season, but I just kept telling myself, like, God, if I could have just done that, this would have all been so much easier, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, Strider. What's crazy? He had a 3.86 CRA, which is actually a disappointment when you look at like, and and it's not his like he was unlucky when you look at all the metrics. He was unlucky, yeah. and he could have been even better. In other words, won 20 games with that those ridiculous what you just say 281 on the strikeouts and disappointing ERA. <laughs> Incredible. Are you taking him as the number one pitcher next year, or like the over Cole? Are, are... Uh, I. I think it's closer than I think the ADP will reflect. Like, I think he's definitely going to be the first one off the board. Um, I love Cole though, too. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not positive at this exact moment. I'm not certain either, but both of them are very worthy. I agree. It's close. All right, my first guy, uh, I want to give Lucas Berry a lot of credit for this because I know this guy, Lucas was in on this guy all, like I heard him talking about him a lot in the offseason, traded for him during our RM2 sub draft, and gave up his third round pick in that to get him, and he rewarded him with a fantastic year. Zach Eflin with a 290 ADP, 177 innings pitch, 16-8 and eight record with 186 strikeouts. 3-5 ERA, 1.02 whip. Tampa brings another guy in, and they turned him into a gym. You know, with all the injuries that that rotation had, I mean, how huge of a signing was that, and how huge was Eflin for the Rays? We have some overlap. Oop, we got one, huh? Finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just real. I didn't yeah. even realize we only had one overlap on the hitters, and that wasn't even at yeah. the same position. Yep. Yeah, I had Eflin. 102 whip. I don't know, like, that is so valuable these days. Yep. A 102 whip. I mean, I've always been one that kind of leans on strikeouts and volume and, you know, stuff like that. But when you get a 102 whip out of a pitcher that is good, you know, that is pitching for the bulk of the year, in today's era especially – like that is just that's crazy valuable. So, yeah, I was I was a year early. I had a ton of Eflin last season. Oh, did you? Like he he was one of my most owned pitchers last season, and this season I had zero. So, <laughs> yep. Unfortunate, unfortunately, one but, year. Yeah, early. great, great season. Okay, so he was on your list. I guess that yep. means you've already done two of them. So I'll just go on and go on to my second guy then. And that would be Pablo Lopez with a 166 ADP, 11 and 8 with a hundred and 194 innings. He had 234 strikeouts, so another really high strikeout number there. 366 ERA, 1.15 WHIP. In an era era where innings are hard to find, getting 194 of them with 234 strikeouts to go with it, and pretty good ratios. He was huge for people who took him. Unfortunately, I don't have any shares. Did you? Yeah, I think I had one, one or two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great season. Okay. So who's your number three? 
Uh, mine is Blake Snell, ADP of 115, finished as the number five pitcher, 225 ERA, 118 whip, 234 strikeouts, 14 wins, likely the NL Cy Young winner. I mean, that's going to give him kinda, one from each league. It's kind of crazy that for all the Padres had go wrong this year, the years they got out of Kim and Snell. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty legit. So, yeah, anybody who who drafted Snell where he went, that was a huge, uh, huge payoff there. Yeah. He, monster season. Yep. So he did it in twenty. I think it was twenty eighteen. He won the Cy Young in twenty twenty three. So twenty twenty eight. Did you get ready? Blake's, yeah. Good draft, Blake Snell. Yep. I really thought my third guy would possibly be on your list because this is definitely somebody that was huge for you this year, and that would be Tanner Bybee at ADP seven seventeen and undrafted in a lot of draft and hold leagues, end game in a lot of them too. Gave you 25 starts, 142 innings, 141 strikeouts, 10 and 4 with a 2.98 ERA and a 1.17 whip. He helped win a lot of leagues for owners, including you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. There's there's so many guys you could name. Yeah. You know, it's only picking three pitchers is hard. Like Justin Steele is another one. Yes. I mean, there's he was, yeah, he there's, was on my list. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So. So I only let us pick one closer each. So who did you pick as your closer? I went with Felix Batista. Overlap. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I figured. I, ADP. I kind of wanted to give him a shout out too because it's like he's obviously out for the year yep. next year. It sucks, but um, ADP of ninety eighth reliever drafted, at least by my count. I was kind of counting through him, but. 180, uh, 148 ERA, 0.91 whip, 110 Ks, 33 saves, eight wins. Um, yeah, of everybody with 25 saves or more, the next most strikeouts was Camilo Duvall with 87, and Batista had 110. So he was a monster. Massive, just, yeah, just massively valuable. And sucks that the Orioles can't deploy him in the playoffs. Yeah, they. I mean, that's a big loss for them. I mean, you stick that guy out there in the late eighth, early ninth inning, and I mean, that's it's over. It's just over whenever he yeah. goes out there, and it's. He was gonna be. He was gonna be the number one closer taken. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like second, probably second round pick by March. Yeah, if not sooner. So, so hope he gets well. I hope he's back to close to what he showed here beforehand. Because, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Okay, let's take a quick break. We're going to talk some playoffs from here on out. All right, well, we had the wild card games go on this week um, for two days because nobody could make it to game three, and they're over with. They were over. They felt like they just started and were over with almost instantly. I barely even got to watch any of them. Um, what Do you have any real takeaways from those before we look forward? No, not a ton. Uh, I was surprised to see the Rays go so quietly, but no, not really. You know, they were the one that was the like. You know, they started out the year so hot. I mean, I, weren't they like twenty, like eighteen and one or something like that? Whenever they started, or eighteen and two, some some ridiculous start. Yeah, some crazy. Yeah. But you know, I I really, when you look at their win total and how far ahead they were and everything else, it it did seem kind of surprising. But on that same note, like Glass now got hit, and I, as somebody who owns Glass now in a few leagues, watching him, he he scuffled there at the end of the year, so I wasn't surprised to see him not do well. Um, you know the Wanda Franco situation; they were without their they were without their best hitter and pitcher. When you look at Franco, and then you think of Shane McClanahan, it's like they've dropped their best hitter and pitcher. 
But what's crazy is they've just got so much depth on that team. They still had a very competitive team. That wouldn't have surprised me if they still went deep into the playoffs. But yeah, I've, like I, you know, my follow-up question was, what fan base that was just eliminated do you think feels the most frustrated? And I would think it's the Rays. Do you have a different answer to that? Most frustrated. Uh, let's see, who was it? Brewers. I'm trying to think of who all was just eliminated. Brewers, Marlins, Rays, and Blue Jays. Jays. Yeah. Yeah, I would think I would think the Rays. They've just because they just they're always there. You know, they're always in it. Kind of like we were talking about the other day, but haven't won it. So it's kind of like the Dodgers yeah, before they finally won. Yeah. When you're always there, it's like, can you get over the hump? And October's such a crapshoot in general, but still, you're like, if you keep yeah, getting there, it's like, can't can't we get one? It really is. It really is such a crapshoot. It is just, this is, yeah, it's it's wild. Like, you just get in and see what happens, but that's really all it is. Mm-hmm. So let's look forward then. We got um, some ALDS and NLDS games. I think the... What is it, the ALDS ones are tomorrow? Is that right? As we're recording all, Friday? All, they're all four tomorrow. And then, oh, okay. That's what it is. And then two of them play Sunday and then two Monday. Yeah, I think the I think the AL is Sunday and the NL is Monday. That's pretty so sure. different. I'm just used to yeah, best that is of five right. series. The first two games are two, the first two days. You don't yeah. have an off day between. But, hey, if it's best for TV, okay. Um. So, anyways... Twins in Houston. We'll start off with them. Who do you got winning that series? And I, I wrote down, I didn't ask you, but I put down how many games. You don't have to do that because I didn't give you the heads up on that. But who do you got coming out of that one? I got Houston. Yeah, I picked them. I picked them in three. I think they're going to straight up sweep, sweep them. I, I, good for the Twins for everything, but the Houston's lined up with their pitching because, you know, they had the time. I just think that they're going to steamroll them. Do you think? Yeah, do you think could. Would, like, if you were picking a number, well, I just told you I'm not asking you to. But I'd probably, I'd probably say four. But that's just, yeah. Okay. What about Texas and Baltimore? I think that one's a little more interesting. Who do you got? I really want Baltimore to win, but I'm going with Texas. Same and same. I picked Texas in yeah. four but I want Baltimore to win. Like I would love to see yeah. Baltimore just run all like make it all the way to the world series in this. Me too. But I think Texas has like, losing Batista hurt. And I, I don't know. Texas looked pretty good in that series. And I just think they can keep that momentum. Yeah. Going. They're hitting. Texas is hitting. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just wonder a little about, I mean, Bradish and Grayson are no slouches, no. you know, so they, they could, Baltimore could be okay. I, I'm definitely pulling for him. Like I, I definitely want to see Baltimore go far with Scherzer uh, out for sure. Scherzer's out. Degrom's out this series, or Degrom's out. You know, period. Scherzer's out this series. Does Baltimore actually have the starting pitching advantage? Uh, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of wild to say. They probably when you think of they, who all Texas yeah. had. Yeah, they probably do. It's kind of crazy that Texas is in this spot without DeGrom and without Scherzer, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that is just – I mean, you put those two on this team right now. I mean – Favorites. They're, they're like – yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay, so let's move over to the National League Division Series. We're going to start off with Arizona and Dodgers. Two di- Actually, what's fun, these are both division rivals. I think the NLDS Series are the ones I'm most excited for here. Who do you got with Arizona and the Dodgers? I'm going with the upset. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going with Arizona. I picked them too. Really? <laughs> yes. Holy cow. I thought, you I know, I'm like. I definitely didn't think that. Uh, I definitely didn't think you would have that. Likewise. I mean, we're three for three picking the same and we've picked two upsets and um, had (laughs) like have had no discussions about this. But I'm like, Kershaw's not right. And the pitching, they're just not. This is not. It's not the same. Yeah. 
Not it's not the same. Like, I, I, I didn't see who they're pitching game one. It said TBD, but I'm guessing it's Merrill Kelly. Yeah, I was actually I think, talking think, about this with one of my friends tonight. So then Gallon, even though Gallon's better at home, which would be game three, I think you have to pitch him game two because it's normal rest, and then he could pitch game five if necessary. Yep. They would both be on the road, but he's your best pitcher by a mile. So like you want to have him there for the two games, I would think. So I yes. would think they're going to go like Kelly, Gallon, and then, I don't know, maybe Fott game three. I'm not, I'm not sure what they'll do game three, but – uh, yeah, the Dodgers just they can they can hit. I mean, and they, they could sure easily can. win win this series. Like, it's they're the clear favorite and all that, but they're just something with that team. Like, they're not quite the same. And I think a lot of it's just because of the pitching depth has been pitching's been beat up. And I don't know. I just don't feel quite the same about them as I normally do. But then again, it's baseball and like Mookie Freeman. Will Smith, like the top of that lineup is so disgusting. But the the Diamondbacks, they have a very, they have a great top of like a looking lineup too, to where yeah, it's, they do. It's not quite at the Dodgers level, but on the same note, I just, I think Kershaw is about to have a really rough series. I just have a feeling that this, like, he's not been right down the stretch, and I'm yeah, I, I, just, I feel like the Diamondbacks are one of those teams. I was saying this to somebody the other day, but. Almost like where they're good, they're not great yet, but they're like good and they're mm-hmm. young. But they almost are just like playing with house money right now. Yep. And there's no pressure on them, like no pressure. And I could see it getting to a point in this series where it's like need big hit and Dodgers are pressing because all the pressure is on that. I mean, there's no pressure on Arizona. So. Arizona's like Baltimore in that way, except Baltimore because they finish with the best record and have the number one right. seed. The pressure's there. Arizona. Right, there's more of it. More of it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm with you. I'm, wow. surprised, I'm really surprised. We we both had that. Yeah. Yep. What about Phillies Braves? So this one, I think, is possibly going to be like the best series of the whole playoffs. I wish it was seven game, like a seven game series and not a five. But I'm taking the Phillies to win the series. I was really torn on this one. I um. Because again, the Braves are down pitching. Um, but that said, more, like I think I was looking, and um, Freed is supposed to return. I think and pitch. And yeah, here. he's pitching game two. Morton could come back in the middle of the series. Like he's he's not going to be on the start of it, but they could easily just phantom an IL stint for somebody and stick him in there if he's ready. I don't know where he is with that. I think. Injury. I think as of now, it's game one is Suarez yep. and Strider. Yep. So that's an obvious edge for the Braves. If the Phillies somehow win that game, the Braves are in trouble. trouble. Yeah. Because game two is Wheeler freed. That's probably the swing game. That can go either way. And then game three is Nola and Elder in Philly. So I obviously you give the edge to Philly there. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a good one. Like this is the team that knocked the Braves out last year as the underdog, and I think they do it again. But who are you take? You taking Braves? I'm taking Braves in four. Um, I don't feel strongly about it. I I do feel like this one's close. I just didn't want to pick yeah. five because, well, <laughs> I don't know. But I think that these teams are very evenly matched. If the Phillies went yeah. one and four, I wouldn't blink. Yeah. So that's our one difference we got there. Um. So we have the same matchup then. Texas and um, Houston in the ALCS. Who do you got? I'm going to go with Texas. I picked Texas to get, also. To get to the World Series, yeah. How about that? We both picked the Rangers who... That's that's crazy. Upsetting them. Yeah, I didn't didn't see that coming. And if, if Texas does that, I think Scherzer really want like... They're, he's not going to be back for the ALDS. Probably not going to be back for the ALCS, but... If they get to the World Series, he might be able to get back. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what I've heard people saying this week. So we both have Texas going. Um, what about the NLDS? So I've got Arizona and Philly, mm-hmm. and I'm going with Philly to get to the World Series. So Philly and Texas in the World Series. And I've got the Braves in Texas. So we're both going with the winner of the Philly Braves series as our – 
National League representative here. Yeah. All right. So you've got and then, Philly and Texas. That'd be a fun yeah. World Series. Yeah. And I got Philly winning it. Phillies win the World Series. And I've got the Braves winning the World Series. So again, it comes yeah. back to that Phillies Braves series for one of us is getting eliminated all the rest of the way. <laughs> I really like I really like Wheeler and Nola as a combination a in a series. Like it's just they're both guys that are big durable guys that can go deep into the game and they're less reliant on the bullpen because mm-hmm. of that. Obviously, their bullpen—it's not like yeah. the great. It's not the greatest, but um, I feel like when you have those guys, you have an edge, or at least you're even on pretty much any matchup. And I like their lineup. You mm-hmm. know, like the lineup's really good. So, yeah, I just—I feel like they're going to break through this year and win it. But we'll see. Um. Yeah, and you know Suarez. they could be they could be out in three games too. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with this; it's like it's baseball, you know. It's I know that we shoot. could we could literally go zero for four on these picks. Yes, I, we could. If I had to say what I hope, like in my heart, I hope it's Baltimore and Arizona. That would be that would just be so fun to me. But yeah, I'd be on I mean, board with that. And I don't really dislike any of the teams other than Houston. Like I'm going to be fine with any of these teams other than. I just don't want to see Houston again. Yeah, Please that's don't. understandable. Houston and the Dodgers yeah. have both been there so much that yeah, it'd be nice to see some fresh. Faces. Yeah, and I don't even mind. I don't even mind the Dodgers or the Braves as good as they are. They're just so entertaining and fun to watch. And there's Agreed. so many good. There's so many good players on the teams. You know, it's like I don't mind either one. Well, Houston's got a lot of good players too. You're just sick of them. Yeah, <laughs> and I know, probably I know. a little bit. Yeah. I'm I'm sure a little of that goes it to the smug. Back. From, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So close the show, you know, next week we're going to cover your first draft that you're doing now. You may not be done. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be next week. You think I, even if you're not done, I think it'd be fun to talk about the first half. Even if we make two shows out of it, we don't have to, but I was thinking it'd be fun to do just fresh, some fresh stuff to talk about, even if we don't do the whole show. But, um, how many rounds are you in right now? We are in the middle of round eight. I'm actually on the clock. Really, you're on the clock. Do we want to discuss? Uh, I've this? been on. I've been, no, maybe we. I've been on the clock for since before we started recording. <laughs> Can't decide what I want to do here, but yeah, no, middle th- of round eight, we're at pick one fourteen. Even if we just do a show over the first half of it, and then we talk about the end game on the following week, I think it'd be kind of fun, just because yeah, you know, there's there's enough there, and I know we can ramble enough. So, anyways, I I randomly picked a number, and I picked the number forty three. Who went 43rd overall in your draft? 43rd overall was my boy, Michael Harris. Oh, yeah. We talked about him, and we guessed the ADP, and I think that's almost exactly where you had it, and we both had it. It was right there. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. I so, think it was close, yeah. Yeah, I got to I think I might have had it a little lower, but, yeah, close. Guessed the ADP NL. I'm searching through this fast. Michael Harris. My guess was Atlanta Michael Harris says ADP is to, uh, basically two thirds. Oh, 40. I put 40. So 40. Yeah. One draft in, I was three picks off. Yep. So we'll see. But it's that'll be guess. fun. But yeah, I, I thought it'd be fun, even if we're just talking about the first half. Because yeah, I don't expect you to be done. But I mean, we can do a whole show just off of your second half and the guys. It's crazy. Really it's crazy. It's crazy because this draft. They haven't updated the draft rooms yet. So what that means is when you're in the draft, the draft room looks like the draft room looked like in March. Mm-hmm. And what I mean what I mean by that is the players are ranked the way they were in March. The eligibility is the way that it was in March. It's not updated for 2024 yet. They updated, I believe last year, they updated it after the playoffs. So this month here, you have like Dalton Varsho with catcher eligibility at the top of the board, you know, and <laughs> Alec Manoa, ADP of oh, no. 70, 74, you know, just just guys that like Sandy and McClanahan are at the top of the pitcher 
rankings, you know, because, and they're out for the year, obviously. Yeah, that but, sucks about Sandy. That news um, just broke earlier today. Yeah. So it's a lot, it, it really like this draft is the wild, wild west completely. There's no data. There's no position. Like you have to look and make sure that guys are qualified at the right positions. Cause what, what'll happen is they'll change it and update everything. And then like, if, like nobody's going to do this, but if you had Dalton Varsho in a catcher slot, like you're not going to be able to put him there. So you just got to be aware of it, you know. During the draft, can you just plug him in? I guess you could plug him in there during I mean, the you draft could, at least, right? You could put him there for now, but, but you you're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. It's going to give us a lot to talk about there with that first draft. I'm looking forward to breaking that thing down. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely be fun. So, yeah, we're one, you know, the season's in the books. We talked about the MVPs. We're closing that chapter. And, you know, this is the beginning. This is the beginning of draft prep and getting all prepared for 2024. I mean, you're already underway. And we're going to have a lot of fun this offseason. I'm looking forward to just breaking down all of this all through the winter. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good for sure. So, anyways... Appreciate everybody for listening, and we'll be back. And until then, take care, everybody. Yep, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 